Thanks for checking out the Basecamp podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you. Now, here's Pastor Zach Spector. Open your Bible to Ezra chapter 4. Ezra's in the Old Testament. I had a really hard time finding Ezra in the Bible, but Ezra exists. E-Z-R-A. What a cool name. Back in the day, they had really cool names. Unique, even. Ezra. Now we have names, and I still like the names, modern, modern names, like LeBron. I think it's a cool name. But Ezra, like Ezra, there's something about Ezra. E-Z-R-A. Like, where do you find the letter Z in a name other than Zach? You know, I just think Z is the coolest letter to find in the name. We find it in this one. Her name is Ezra, or his name, I don't know, is it a guy or a girl? The man, Ezra. It feels like a feminine name. I guess it's a guy's name. We'll chop that out of the recording. Ezra chapter 4. Flip your Bible there. We got to go quick because as I said in the video, we're playing blacklight dodgeball tonight. And I, last time I played blacklight dodgeball, I think I threw out my arm. I've still got elbow pain. After that, I went on a trip to San Diego, and the elbow pain still exists. Even now, like I have elbow pain from throwing the ball. I don't know why, but I'm excited and I'm ready. I've been icing it. I'm ready to throw the ball. I want to hit somebody, not in the face because that would hurt, but I want to hit you. Ezra chapter 4. Let's read it. It says this. Now when the adversaries of Judah and Benjamin heard that the returned exiles were building a temple to the Lord, the God of Israel, they approached Zerubbabel and the heads of the father's houses and said to them, let us build with you, for we worship your God as you do. And we've been sacrificing to him ever since the days of Esarhaddon, king of Assyria, who brought us here. But Zerubbabel, Jeshua, and the rest of the heads of the father's houses in Israel said to them, You have nothing to do with us in building a house to our God, but we alone will build to the Lord, the God of Israel, as King Cyrus, the king of Persia, has commanded us. Then the people of the land discouraged the people of Judah and made them afraid to build and bribed counselors against them to frustrate their purpose, all the days of Cyrus, king of Persia, even until the reign of Darius, king of Persia. And in the reign of Ahasuerus, in the beginning of his reign, they wrote an accusation against the inhabitants of Judah and Jerusalem. Have you ever had a friend who constantly rained on your parade? Have you, it feels like in every friend group, or every clique, every group of people, every crew, there's one friend who consistently rains on the parade. Do you know what I'm talking about? Hopefully you're not that friend. If you are that friend, just look at them right now and give them the eyes like, bro, you rain on the parade every time. In high school, my group, there was about seven of us in this group, and we ran together. We played basketball together. We hung out together. We went to sleepovers together. We went to parties together. We hung out together. And, and there was about seven of us, and there was one friend, and I'm not even going to say his name, but there was one friend, and every time we were together, this one friend had a habit of raining on the parade. I mean, no matter what we were talking about, we'd be talking about our basketball game, and he'd be in the background saying, I don't think we're going to win. They're bigger than us. And we're like, bro, why? You know what I mean? Like, we're all excited, and he's like, I don't think we're going to win. And we're like, cool, man. Like, wait a minute. We'd be, like, so excited to go out and to do this thing and to go, on the, go to this party, and he'd be in the background th- saying, like, I don't think it's going to be very fun. I don't really think we should go. I think we should just stay in tonight. You know, like, he was that kind of friend that always rained on your parade. And it's funny up until this point, but there was one time, I had a friend in high school, his name was Peter, and Peter was, was getting ready to go to college at the University of Wyoming. Like, that was his dream. He wanted to go to the University of Wyoming. Why? I don't know. Wyoming, to me, feels like there's nothing to do there. But Peter, growing up, always wanted to go to the University of Wyoming. And so he's getting ready, right? It's junior year, getting ready to go into senior year. He's excited. He, he thinks he's going to the University of Wyoming, and he's telling us all about his dream. He's saying, like, 
bro, I'm going to go to the University of Wyoming. I'm going to get in, and I'm going to get straight A's. I'm going to graduate, and after I graduate, I'm going to go into to being an engineer. And we're all like, cool, dude, that's going to be amazing. And then this same friend that rains on every parade pipes in as Peter's telling us about going to college, and he says, hey, Peter, I don't think you're even going to get into college. And at that point, the rain on the parade friend had took it too far. And we look at this friend, and we're like, get away. Why would you say that? Who says those kinds of things? Like, up until then, it was kind of a joke, kind of funny. But at this point, he had crossed the line. At this point, he had gone too far. And we were like, whoa, bro. So all six of us kind of got that mob mentality. You know how we get, like, when one friend says something wrong, we all kind of, like, walk towards him. I don't know why guys do this, but we walk towards him like we're going to fight him. But he's, like, one of our best friends still, even though he reigns on the parade. So we weren't going to fight him. And he knew we weren't going to fight him. But we still, like, mobbed up and started walking towards him, except Peter. Peter kind of stood there, like, shook, you know, like, whoa, he just said that to me about my dream. Peter, I wanted to go to the University of Wyoming his whole life, and this dude had rained on his parade. Where we are in Ezra chapter 4, the same sort of thing is happening. Ezra and his people are about to rebuild this temple. They're about to rebuild the temple. And up until this point, it's gone mostly smooth. There's been a few few bumps in the road, but mostly smooth. And in Ezra chapter 4, it's where the people really run into their first opposition. And I want to talk out of this story tonight because I think in our lives, as we have dreams, as we have plans, as we have these ideas, I, I think that sometimes in our lives we come up against opposition. Some people who maybe throw things in our face or say, you'll never do this or you'll never do that or you'll never be this or you'll never be that. I want to talk to that person tonight because in Ezra chapter 4, we meet some people just like that. Maybe you are that kind of person. Maybe you're the rain on everybody else's parade kind of person. And tonight I want to speak to you as well because I think in this story you'll realize that that's not who we're called to be. And the people in this story who reign on the parade are actually godly people. The Bible says this in Ezra chapter 4. Put it back on the screen. In verse 1, actually we'll skip ahead to verse 2. It says, uh, they approached Rubabel in the heads of the father's house and they said to them, listen to what they say. They say, let us build this temple with you. For we worship your God as you do and we've been sacrificing them ever since the days of the king. What we read here and what we learn here is that the people that were attacking Ezra They were Christians. They were followers of God. The Bible says they worshiped God just like the other people. They say, hey, let us build with you. Let us do it with you. We worship God. Sometimes I think in our lives as Christians, we think that the enemy is always like people that don't follow Jesus or people that are all kind of all over the place. But the Bible is clear that even people who follow Jesus may attack your dream and your purpose. Even followers of Jesus may give you resistance, may become your adversary. It could even be people right here in this room. There are times in my life where where people close to me tell me, you can't do that, or you'll never be this, you'll never be that. Attack doesn't always come from the outside. Sometimes it comes from within. I love what Ezra and the people tell them. This is their response. They say, let us build with you. And this is what their response is. Because as Christians, we think it's so important that we include everybody. And if they're Christians, they've got to be a part of this thing. And we're all a body. We've all got to build a dream. And all of that's true. But look at what Ezra says when it relates to building the temple. The response is this. You have nothing to do with us in building a house to our God. But we alone will build to the Lord. They look at these other Christians, these other followers, and they say, you will have nothing to do with our building. You'll have nothing to do with our dream. You'll have nothing to do with our project. You'll have nothing to do with our plan. Sometimes you have to tell people no. And if you're taking notes, just write that down. Sometimes you have to tell people no. Sometimes you have to tell godly people, hey, I can't be around you. I can't hang with you. Yeah, you're a good person. You're a godly person. But you're not going to take me where I'm called to go. You're not going to go with me to where I'm called to go because I can't get there if you're walking with me. There are people, even good-hearted Christians, that will slow you down in your, in, in your race with the Lord. 
There are even churches that if you go to those churches, they're going to slow you down in your walk with the Lord. Why? Because God's called you at a certain pace, at a certain speed, with a certain journey, with a certain plan, with a certain purpose. And you've got to have the right people surrounding you in order to get where God has called you. The first thing we notice in this story is that they told godly people no. It's okay. Jesus even told some people no. Jesus had to tell some people no so he could tell the right people yes. And in your life, sometimes you'll have to tell some people no so you can tell the right people yes. The Bible goes on and it says this. This is, this is the meat of the message right here in verse 4. Let me put it on the screen. Ezra chapter 4, verse 4. This is what happens after they tell them no. Those same people who were told no, they began to discourage the people of Judah. And they made them afraid to build. And they bribed counselors against them to frustrate their purpose. All the days of Cyrus, king of Persia, even until the reign of Darius, king of Persia. There are three big things that as you're following God, there are three big things that the enemy or that the opposition will try to do against you. Here they are, right here in this verse. Three things. Number one, then the people of the land discourage the people of Judah. The first thing that the enemy will try to do or other people will try to do to attack your plan, to attack your purpose, is they will begin to discourage you. That's what they did in Ezra. They were building the house and they were doing the thing and building this temple and they, were, they had made good progress. And the title of tonight's message, if you're taking notes, is Building in Progress. Building in Progress. Ezra and the people, they had made good progress, but when they told a certain people no, those people came back to them and they began to discourage them. Oh, that building's ugly. Oh, that dream, it's terrible. Oh, that idea you have, that will never succeed. Oh, you want to be a doctor? You're not smart enough. They began to discourage them. And seeds of discouragement will ruin you if you allow it to plant deep in your heart. You cannot allow the seeds of discouragement to be sown deep into your heart. If someone discourages you, dismiss it. The antidote to discouragement is dismissal. Just dismiss it. Just say, nope, that has nothing to do with me. I don't receive that. I don't take that. I don't listen to that. People in high school all day long will discourage you. You're not that cool. You're not that smart. You're not that stylish. You're not that good looking. You're not that talented. You're not this. You're not that. Dismiss it. Dismiss discouragement. You can't allow discouragement to decide your course. It will try to dictate your course, and discouragement will lead you in a direction that is not God's plan for your life. This discouragement will lead you that way. God's saying, hey, keep building. Hey, keep building this temple. Hey, keep doing the dream. Think about Noah. Noah was building this ark, and in the Bible, sometimes in children's school, we think of Noah, shout out to Noah, we think that as Noah was building this ark, there was like this grand auditorium around him, like a stadium, like the Bronco Stadium, surrounding Noah as he builds this ark, cheering him on and saying, yeah, Noah, build that ark so you can save all the people. Like, build it, Noah, you're doing great, and the boat looks great. That's not what happened to Noah. Noah built that, that, that ark alone with just his family. Nobody else was there. No one else believed in him. No one else thought there'd be a flood. There was no rain clouds, but Noah continued to build the ark. We cannot allow discouragement to dictate our direction. The first thing, discouragement. The second thing, it goes on. It says, then the people of the land, they discouraged the people of Judah. And then they made them afraid to build. So first they discouraged them. And if the discouragement wasn't enough, they said, hey, not only are we going to discourage you and tell you that temple is stupid, it's dumb, and it's ugly. Not only that, but now we're going to put fear in you so that you won't even want to build. This is what the enemy tries to do to our lives and our dreams. First he wants to discourage them, and then he wants to make you afraid. He wants to make you fearful, scared to build, scared to do it, scared to go on. Oh, you're really going to build that? Well, it's going to get crushed. We're going to throw bombs. We're going to blow that thing up. It's never going to stand. It's never going to work. They made them fearful. The Bible says they were so fearful, they didn't even want to build. 
They were so fearful. And this is what fear will do. It will paralyze you and it will put your dreams on pause. Discouragement wants to take you in a different direction. And fear wants to put your dreams on pause. Because if, if, if you can be fearful about your dream, then you won't want to do it. Fearful to pursue that, that doctorate. Fearful to pursue being a doctor or being a lawyer or being a musician. Maybe you've been discouraged in your music career in the past, and now you're fearful to even move forward. Now you're fearful to even try out. Now you're fearful to even practice because somebody one time told you you weren't that good, and now you're, now you're afraid. The Bible says first they discouraged them, then they made them afraid. And the third thing they, they did is they, this one's huge. The people of the land discouraged the people of Judah, made them afraid to build, and bribed counselors against them to frustrate their purpose. The Bible says that they bribed counselors against them while they're building to frustrate their purpose. Have you ever been frustrated? Have you ever been frustrated wanting to do this thing or wanting to be this person and just frustrated and not, not knowing where it's coming from or why it's happening? Frustration is a scheme of the enemy. Frustration is the enemy's attack to get you to stand still, to get you to quit, to get you to give up. Frustration is a part of the process. While you're building your dream and your life and your goals, frustration is a healthy part of the process. We have to get through that frustration. We have to process that frustration. God, why am I frustrated? God, why is this so terrible? Why is this so bad? Why is this not working? What's going on right now? Frustrated. Have you ever been frustrated? Has anybody ever done something to you that made you frustrated? What about when you thought something was going to happen one way and it began happening another way and you became frustrated? Has that ever happened to you? Like you thought it was going to go this way, this way, this way, but it didn't, and now you're frustrated. That's what happened in Ezra. Ezra and the people, they're building this temple. It's going good. And this one group of people shows up and they say, hey, let us build with you. And they're like, no. And because they said no, the people started saying, they started discouraging them. They started making them afraid. And then they began frustrating their purpose. I think that the most dangerous place we can get into as Christians with a dream is where our purpose is frustrated. When our, when our purpose is frustrated, we'll make all kinds of crazy decisions. We'll start acting out of character. We'll start making poor decisions. We'll start saying poor words. We'll start misbehaving and doing weird stuff and treating people in a weird way. We cannot allow the enemy to frustrate our purpose. We have to stand tall and say, this is who I am, and this is my dream. It's a God dream. In Matthew chapter 7, I think Jesus gives us the antidote to these kinds of attacks. In, in uh, Matthew chapter 7, in verse 24, if you don't have your Bible, it's on the screen behind me. The Bible says this. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. I think that when we're building this temple, like Ezra was, or we're building our dream, we're building our lives, we're building our whatever it is, I think that no matter where we stand, the same attack's gonna come. I think you're gonna get discouraged. I think we're gonna be afraid sometimes. I know for a fact we'll be frustrated. But I think the difference depends on how we build our house, how we build our dreams. If we build our dreams on Jesus, as the Bible says, the same wind and waves and rain are going to come, but our house won't crash. But if you're building your dreams and your plans and your ideas outside of God, his word and his plan and his kingdom, 
I think when that attack comes, it's going to go left and right and it's going to fall. We have to be sure in base camp, and this is what we want. We want our, our heart for as youth leaders, as adult leaders and our staff, we want to see your dreams flourish. We want to see you go on to be doctors and lawyers and, I don't know, kings and queens and, I don't know, great mothers and great fathers and, because that's noble, you know? And some stay-at-home moms are going to be the most amazing stay-at-home moms in the whole world. And maybe a, maybe a coffee person or a photographer or, I don't know, a musician. I think there are even some musicians in here. Maybe some teachers. Does they, who wants to be a teacher when they grow up? Does anybody want to be a teacher? Come on, raise your hand proud. Golly, that's cool. I think one of the, yeah, let's give it up for the teachers. I always wanted to be a teacher when I grew up because I had this fifth grade teacher I had a crush on. And I was like, I want to be like Miss Smith when I grow up. And that was a, a terrible motive, and I'm not going to be a teacher. But I wanted to be a teacher because Miss Smith was the greatest. And, but teachers, man, I, I think that in your journey of becoming a teacher, people will discourage you. They'll make you afraid. They'll frustrate you in that plan, in that purpose. But I'm telling you, if you build that dream on God, it will stand, it will stand, it will stand. It will stand adversity. It will stand the attack. It will stand the, the whatever, it, all of it, everything that comes and crashes and beats against us in our dreams. And no matter what dream you have, you're going to face it. If you want to be a mom, if you want to be a wife, if you want to be a husband, if you want to be a doctor, a lawyer, a teacher, a preacher, a whatever you want, no matter what profession, you don't have to be a Christian profession to face attack. That's why Jesus said, hey, you're going to face this. The Bible says no matter how you build it, Jesus said no matter how you build it, the rain will fall, the floods will come, the winds will blow and beat on your house, no matter how. The Bible says you can build it two ways, as a wise man on a rock or as a foolish man on sand. You can build it either way. Build it on a rock, build it on sand. Either way, the same rain will come, the same floods will fall, and the same winds will beat on your house, no matter what. But if you build it on the rock, it will stand. If you build your dream and your life on Jesus, it will stand the test of time. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. We're so thankful that we serve a Savior that we can literally build our lives on, that you're a firm foundation that we can stand on, we can live on, we can move on, we can dream on. Thank you, God, that we can dream on you. We can stand on you as our solid rock, and our dreams won't move. They won't be shaken. Even when people come, just like they came against Ezra, people that will try to discourage us, frustrate us, make us afraid, that will happen, but we can stand strong because we have Jesus as our Savior. You're our protector. You're our guide. You're our counselor. And we're so grateful for you. I pray that you'd, even now, let's just close our eyes. Jesus, I pray that you would give our students at base camp God dreams, even right now. That you would give us a God dream. That you would give us big dreams. You give us a, a big plan. Dreams to be lawyers and doctors and musicians. I pray that you would raise up preachers and pastors and worship leaders. That you would raise up teachers. That everyone who raised their hand to be a teacher You'd give them the giftings and the anointing and the talent to do that. God, give us big dreams and help us to build them on you. In Jesus' name, amen. Our Basecamp community aims to take young people onward and upward in their walk with Jesus. If you want to further connect with us, you can find us online at basecampsm.com or follow us on any social media platform at basecamp underscore sm. Have a great rest of your day.